We'll start out by reading the poem Zazenshin. Zazenshin. The hub of Buddha's activity, the Turing of ancestors hub, it moves along with your non-thinking and is completed in the realm of non-merging. As it moves along with your non-thinking, its appearance is immediate. As it is completed in the realm of non-merging, completeness itself is realization. If its appearance is immediate, you have no defilement. When completeness is realization, you stay in neither the general or the particular. If you have immediacy without defilement, immediacy is dropping away with no obstacles. Realization, neither general nor particular, is effort without desire. Clear water all the way to the bottom. A fish swims like a fish. Vast sky transparent throughout. A bird flies like a bird. So we're still with Masu and Nanue and tiles and carts. I was thinking of this as polishing a tile and hitting a cart, making a mirror and, and manifesting Buddha. As Dana said before, we're the, we're the uh, cart, we're also the tile. And need I say, we're also the ox, and we're also the Buddha and the mirror. But I wanted to talk a little bit more about the mirror. What's Dogen talking about? What's Nanue talking about? He says he's polishing a tile to make a mirror. And uh, Masu says, how can you do that? And Nanue says, well, how can you become Buddha by sitting? And then, of course, Dogen goes into the whole is it a mirror? Is it a Buddha? Is it not not a Buddha? Is it polishing? Is it not polishing to it? Can a tile be a Buddha? Can a tile become a Buddha? And on and on and on. Sometimes I think it feels as if he's doing, doing it on purpose just to confuse us and he's cackling madly away to himself as he writes all this. However, I don't think so. I think he's doing it to scramble our brains and make us realize you can't, you can't, you shouldn't settle somewhere. Stop grabbing at your ideas. The mirror I mentioned last week is sometimes thought of as a way of talking about enlightenment, that there's a mirror that you look at and it reflects your face and it does reflect it without favor. <laughs> you look in the mirror in the morning while you're brushing your teeth, that's what you look like. And there's a pivot that happens. There's a pivot that happens with this mirror and instead of reflecting your face, it reflects your true nature. It reflects emptiness, it reflects everything. It reflects no thing, however you want to think about it. So it's a mirror and it's not a mirror. And there are two classic ways to think about it. And um, I mentioned it last week, but I thought I'd go ahead and 
read this from the Sutra of Huainang, the Platform Sutra. So the uh, the the teacher challenged the students to come up with a verse that showed their understanding, and he said that whoever showed real understanding, he'd give them the roll and the, the robe and the bowl, and that was Bodhidharma's robe and bowl. He was the fifth ancestor, fifth from Bodhidharma. So the uh, the head student had a terrible time, but he finally he felt like he had to write something, even though he wasn't sure he really had a complete understanding. So, and he finally goes out and writes. So this is, uh, his name is uh, Shen, Shen Shu. Our body is the Bodhi tree and our mind a mirror bright. Carefully we wipe them hour by hour and let no dust alight. Okay? Our body is the Bodhi tree, our mind a mirror bright. Carefully we wipe them hour by hour and let no dust alight. We practice, we practice. And then Huainang has somebody read it to him. And then he tells the kid that, that he, uh, he also has composed a stanza. And uh, of course, he's supposed to be you know, a barbarian from the South, illiterate, and he was illiterate. But he wanted, he had composed something and he wanted this young monk to uh, write it down. So his stanza said, there is no Bodhi tree, nor stand of mirror bright. Since all is void, where can the dust alight? There is no Bodhi tree, nor stand of mirror bright. Since all is void, where can the dust alight? So, emptiness. The thing is, they're both true. It's all true. And I think that's one of the things that Dogen is saying to us, you know, don't don't just fall off on the side of emptiness, not just the general or just the particular. No. It's beyond that. It's non that. It's all of that. I don't whatever word you want. But we do have to practice. We do have to polish that tile. We do have to pay attention to the dust on the mirror because there is dust on the mirror. I don't know about your mirror, but my mirror occasionally has a little dust on it. It occasionally has a lot of dust on it. But my effort without desire is to just keep paying attention and keep making the effort, but not the effort, as I often say, and not the effort in order to, just the effort. Just sit up straight. Just get off the train. Just let the popcorn be popcorn in your mind. And notice when you like what you see in the mirror and when you don't like what you see in the mirror. Notice, I don't know about you, but sometimes in my life I've, I've uh, I don't know, suddenly something gets clear and I, I see all the wrinkles. And then I kind of don't see it for a while. And then three years later, I happen to look and really see it. Of course, there's more than. <laughs> and I don't like it. It's kind of scary. And then I just have to let that go. 
And I, I you know, often thought that wrinkles on other people were quite beautiful, but I had mixed feelings about my own. But my vow, my intention is to see clearly and not to pick and choose. I like, I like those wrinkles. I don't like the other. I don't like the saggy parts. I don't like this, that, and the other thing. No. It's just a face. There is a mirror and it is reflecting. And it is your mind and your brain. But what's Dogen trying to say to us about it with all this is, is not, is, 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 not, not, is, not, not. And messing around with our brains about this, this tile. And this sitting Buddha, Masu, saying he sits, he's sitting intending to become a Buddha. What's he doing? I'm asking. Don't everybody jump in at once. <laughs> to speak up, you don't have to put your hands in Gosho or anything, but you do have to unmute yourself if you're going to say something. I want to say effort without desire is what he's doing, but then the story from the original story to Dogen's version, it kind of flips it over. So in the first story, it seems like there is desire, but in Dogen's version, it seems like it's effort without desire. Yeah, I think that's right. But that's partly because he's being, he's being Dogen. And, um, and he changes, but he changes Masu from a beginner to an experienced student. And then I, I think because he wants to, he wants to talk about uh, not holding to some idea of doing it, I guess. I mean, I don't, I can't call him up. But I think that's. I, I love the way that he does that because you think you know the thing and then he shows you this whole other way to see it, <laughs> another way around and another layer. And yeah, it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, and it isn't, it isn't so, you can read this for the rest of your life mm-hmm. and, and, and deepen your understanding and it, it'll change, but also on the level of just experiencing it and just having your, your brain scrambled. Fine, fine, I give, I give. Anybody else? Well, it's nice to know that that's what it's meant to do. Because <laughs> it definitely does it. So maybe part of the teaching here for me is to not, I mean, I, I, I try so hard to understand things. So it's maybe getting me to let go of trying so hard to understand in the way that I think I understand. Understand in a different way. Let uh, go of how I understand the way I the way I see it, the way I experience it. I've told you this before, years ago at Tassahara there was a East West big special retreat kind of thing and and um, the senior teachers all each gave a sort of a way seeking mind talk. And there was a Japanese guy that he, he said that his, his teacher told him, the trouble is this fellow. And she slapped her head. 
in case you're listening to this. And another one said that his teacher said, you know, like that, take when you sit on them, take your head off and just put it down beside you. <laughs> I want to say, Kate, and his writings and his teaching do respond to reflection and thinking about them and rereading them and asking oneself, what does he mean? What does he mean? And uh, it just keeps opening up. But it can't insist. Maybe that's another way of understanding effort without desire. I, I usually think of it as, you know, the effort to sit up straight and the effort to know where your breath is and that kind of thing. But it also sitting and living with that inquiring mind, you know, that what is this? But effort without desire is not demanding an answer. It helps a lot to read it before I go to sleep because I'm more relaxed and I'm not trying so hard. And <laughs> I, I somehow read it differently at that time than I would if I was sitting at my desk during the day or something like that. Right. And you're, you're a lie of work on it during the night. Does whatever it does without your conscious effort anyway. Magic. Just go ahead, Dana. Okay. Okay, so this reading for me has been really um, spinning around in my head for a, a while. And um, I think because I work in a job where everything is measured and there's goals and you're measured by the goal and it's very, I do finan financial statements for different clients and I myself am held to utilization rates and NOI margins and gross margins, my team, my like on a weekly basis, very stressful. You can get a report and I would be highlighted red because I didn't meet my goal. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't get 97% utilization that week or whatever. I spent too much time managing my team instead of actually doing numbers. Um, so, so this whole dharma kind of rolls around in my head a lot. It's like, what? They would think I was crazy if I talked about no goals or no, you know what I mean? So, but like I, I would be fired probably if I had that but then I had I had to let it sink in like you say a lot you like overnight like let it really sink in for a week couple of weeks and it and it kind of gave me this peace when I realized we're aiming but we're not stuck on the goal and it's your efforts your efforts and it, and so it kind of helps you kind of realize if you never really make the goal like you either exceed it or you or you miss it, but you aim for it with effort. And it kind of, in a way, it took a lot. Like my belly felt better. My belly feels better when I think of it that way, like aiming with effort. But like, I know it's not going to be, sometimes it's right on. That's really odd, but it's never right on. And, and not to be attached to it. Every single week, it changes. 
it changes every week and they're never happy with the goal. They want more because they're an LLC and they get to chop up the profits. So they always want more. And, and that's just my work. So then there's your my life. Yeah. So sometimes I have a what I call, um, there's probably a better word for it, but I'll set a goal and then and then I'm apathetic about it. And then I blame myself because I didn't have the effort. I could have just had the maybe just had the effort without the desire. I guess that's the point. I don't know. This has been interesting for me. <laughs> We're still rolling it around. Good. Well, that's great. And and I, I I think I said you know Uchiyama said we should have a direction but not a goal. Yeah. Which upset me at first, and then I thought, oh, okay, I, I like that now. Anybody else? In one of the um, seven lectures that we read that you sent us, uh-huh. I think near the end. Uh, well, what grabbed me was, and you, I think you had said this before, like not settling on one idea, but the notion of looking at this from different angles really struck me. And I don't know that I understand anything more by doing that, but it opens up the whole notion of the way you look at it or the way you look at things you look at the way you the way you perceive yeah well i think that's that is that is some part of what he's doing i I sometimes talk about having a a faceted ball you know sometimes teachers talk about one side and the other i don't think so facets in a lot and that Dogen is taking this faceted ball and saying, look at this. Now look at this piece. Look at this. And and one of the things I love about talking about something like this with, with a group of people is that we're all turning this ball and looking at different facets of it. And in the process, actually, we're I guess you could say we're creating it. And something that's alive and faceted rather than flat and just two-sided. Thanks. Something we were reading, or that you sent us, Mary, some time ago, uh, where somebody wrote a somewhat academic analysis of um, Dogen's thinking. I got about halfway through it, but what I got uh, that was really interesting was that this person says that Dogen, for Dogen, just thinking or non-thinking is like non-saying, and that he's encouraging us to be in a dialogue with him or with each other and to kind of strip away these hierarchies that Dogen knows all this amazing stuff and he's doing this to me and maybe actually I'm in a dialogue with him and I'm thinking it through myself and going through the process, Um, particularly um, with the story of how he changes Mazu and Nanue to be more or less equals, one of them just a slightly more advanced teacher than the other um, is seems like an example of like taking down that barrier between the, the the Buddha and myself or the person who knows and the person who's striving. And I really enjoy that, particularly because in the 
in a lot of those stories, I'm I identify with the learner much more than the teacher. And um, and when Dogen takes away that golf, I think, yeah, yeah, just keep going. You know, it's very encouraging. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's I think that's right. And uh, he just was he just wants us to sit sazen. <laughs> But he's, you know, he's after with what, with what mind do we do it? Is it an open and inquiring sort of wondering mind? But not a thinking mind, not a brain mind, not a mind at all, but still open. Sometimes insights arise. Okay, I, I got ahead of myself, but that's fine. Um, I don't know about the the cart. Just strikes me as kind of a, a similar. It's it's uh, you know he does you know, strike the cart, you strike the ox, you strike the a white ox or a black ox or a clay ox or a wooden ox, either with a stick or your fist. Does the fist strike the fist? I think there's more, but that'll that'll do. And are we the ox? Are we the cart? Are we both? Are we something completely different? And I I don't know that it's necessary to go into it a lot, but the, in in there there's implicit reference to the ox herding pictures which you may have heard and you've certainly heard of or you've seen. Um, you know, the, it's usually about 10 pictures and it starts with a, a young monk and she sees some ox prints and she goes looking and she finds an ox and the ox and that represents her Buddha nature. And so she, she sees it and then she captures it but she has to tame it and she has to kind of, you know, put her ring through its nose with a rope and pull it along and uh, kind of make it do stuff. And then she gets to the point where she can just lead it gently and the rope is not taut and uh, they just walk along together. And then she can ride it. And I may be adding one, I don't know. She gets it to where I love this. She's, she's lying on its back. She's actually facing its tail and like playing a flute or something. So she doesn't even have to direct it anymore. And then the next picture is usually some reference to emptiness. And sometimes it's a spray of uh, cherry blossoms, I guess, or an enso, you know, the circle. Sometimes it's just blank. And then the last picture is returning to the marketplace with a gift to bestowing hands. And it might be a kind of a, you know, a fat monk with a, uh, you know, a bag on her back or all kinds of things. I have a series of pictures. I don't know where that is, where it is. Oh, there it is. And it, it um, they're doodles by a friend who was a, a tea master. And the last one, last picture, first I thought it was a, a 
uh, a motorcycle and I realized, no, it's a, it's a yippee and it's the, the T set up. You know, you, one of the things they have is this big round, um, uh, usually ceramic uh, pot that the hot water is in. So that's what I thought was a, was a, a motorcycle wheel. Anyway, and it says, yippee, that that's his version of the ox herding pictures. It's, it's inside the bookcase here. You hit the ox, you hit the, hit the cart, you hit anything. Is it useful? I'm saying this now. Is it useful to hit things? I don't think so. Not that there's not discipline involved and not that you don't have to sometimes insist to yourself that you can sit still, that it doesn't really hurt that much, and you know that you just <laughs> you just want the period to end. Uh, that kind of thing. But not, the Reb says that he used to he used to tell himself, don't move or I'll stab you in the leg, or don't sleep or I'll stab you in the leg or something. No, no. And he's not proud of that. He's not advocating it. But we don't have to understand Dogen that way, that it's about hitting. Is this the same as talking about polishing the tile, or is it a little different? And I am asking now. Now we sit like birds in the wilderness, birds in the wilderness, birds in the wilderness. Here we sit like birds in the wilderness, waiting for the show to start. Someone talks, he's going to keep singing. <laughs> I considered it, but that's enough. Well, I don't, I, I mean, hello, I don't have an answer, but, you know, this other part, and I think it was mentioned last week. This whole thing about the water moving and what is stopping and flowing. Yeah. I mean, now that we've kind of discussed maybe the ox and the cart and the tile and the mirror, I can wrap my head around it. But but this whole water. Where where are you? I, I remember that it was in there. Page but... three of eight where he's talking about the cart and the ox at the bottom. Oh, okay. Page three. Yeah, I see. Yeah. And it, it's got a number four because it's from the text. It's the fourth page. Yeah. So in regard to driving a cart, what is moving and what is stopping? Does it mean that water flowing is the cart moving or water not flowing is the cart moving? You can also say that flowing is water not moving. There's a time when water is moving is not flowing. That's when you investigate the cart not moving, there is stopping and not stopping. It depends on time. The word stopping does not merely mean not moving. And it's, what and what is that that thing about it depends on time? I mean, are we talking about relativity? We studied time a while ago now. I don't know that you were involved. For Dogen, I can talk about it, but it's really hard to talk about when you're not immersed in it. It's we are being time. We are time. Time is not either 
It's not linear. It's not circular. You could say that time is change. And the job of water, what, what, what's, what does water do? Well, water flows. So if that's what water does, in a way, that's, it's, it's sort of like stopping. It's all it is. It's just water flowing. And what would be odd would be not flowing. But I, I'm not sure, frankly. I mean, I could, I could go on and on and on about it, and I don't know if I would really say anything. Does anybody else have something to say about that paragraph? Well, you know, water, how many, I'm sure everyone's experienced it where you think for a moment the water's not moving, but you're moving. <laughs> you ever had that feeling? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it was maybe more of the idea of what you had said about, what'd you say, prisms or facets or equal realities that are sometimes completely different from one another, depending on perspective. Yeah, although when we studied time, we watched a, a uh, Nova, uh, because it was a one hour presentation with a, a, the, the whole, the series was called something about the universe. And I don't remember what the name was, but the, the particular one was about time and it was Brian Greene narrating it. And he talked about, according to modern physics, it's entirely possible for the water to flow backwards. And there's an image of a red wine glass shattering and then coming back together. And people in a raft on a rapids going back, backwards. And it was, it was mind blowing. At one point he says, you think that you think this makes physicists happy? You think we like, we don't like this, <laughs> but this is true. I mean, that's what he's saying. And water flowing. And what is what is water to you? To a dragon, it's a house. To you, it might look like jewels if you were up in a airplane and and the the water was the the sun was reflecting off the water. It looks like jewels. Sometimes it's still. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's ice. Sometimes your cart stops. And sometimes that's non-thinking, non-moving, and sometimes it stops, and that's resistance and resentment. So it's good to remember that things are not always what they seem. Yes, and that you don't know, you don't know what the hell you're seeing. Yeah, right, basically. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine, right? <laughs> well, based on, I mean, and you could be seeing, we could be looking at the same object and seeing, each seeing something different. Yes. Talks all about um, water whether water is flowing or whether water really stops. And then in the context of 
do you hit the cart when it stops or do you hit the ox? To me, I'm what it brings up is my own judgment of myself when I think I'm not making progress. Um, like, I think it's bad zazen because of what my mind is doing on, or my body is telling me on that particular time. But that's just, that's just my mind. That's me saying, I'm stopping. I better whip it up or I better do better. <laughs> right. And, right. And, and stopping, stopping, stopping. What does that mean? You know, because yeah. maybe, you know, sitting and non-thinking, you know, it is a kind of stopping. A good stopping. I don't, I shouldn't use words like good or bad, but, you know. I call it good stopping. I mean, and then they're stopping where you just, you know, just sitting there saying, fuck that. And you counting, counting. I used to, I've been known to count up to a hundred breaths. And it's just to sort of pass time and figure, well, if I, you know, by the time I get to a hundred breaths, it's probably the period's almost over. Cause I didn't usually start that until I was starting to go crazy. This was mostly Tassahara. Lisa, do you have anything to add to any of this or any questions or anything? I know it's hard to walk into the, come into the middle of it. Sorry, I was, uh, there was a bunch of traffic today coming home. Um, um, no, I just, yeah, I think that I, I get this image of that weird sensation when you're, I think I think it's similar to what Dana mentioned when you're like like in an airplane or something and and another plane is moving past you but you don't know are am I moving or is the airplane moving <laughs> like that and it it really kind of makes your stomach but like butterflies cuz you actually don't know what where you are in relation to the world in that moment like the guy who who uh, is out in a, a boat and he's trying to, you know, he wants to make sure that he can return to where he came from. So he marks the boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. Do we do that? I don't know, probably. I mean, not that exactly. Any um, final thoughts? I have to admit I'm, I'm fading. Okay, so next week, we're, uh, we start on uh, page seven, sometimes known as, what, page four or something? Anyway, transmission of Buddha's Dharma in the West and East is no other than transmission of sitting Buddha. And it's, uh, I guess it's totally about a page and a half. So up to where the next section starts with the point of Zazen. Yes, yes. And that one we'll read about Hamshur's poem. And we'll leave the the very last section, which is basically his Zazen Shin. We'll leave that for the Sashin. Because we only have two more meetings, I think. And then we have the um, skit night. Thank you, everybody. I'm okay, everybody. There's some like.